Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. You know, I do want to talk about giving. The, the art of giving. See, there, there, there's something about giving. And, and I, I gave Edward some scriptures and stuff, but the Holy Spirit just changed everything. Ain't that good? <laughs> just changed everything. And, and I want to focus on, on the giving. I want to focus on the importance of giving because there's many different things that we can give an individual that can free an individual. See, giving a gift like we're about to exchange, what it does is shows that you have value, you have worth, you, you, are, you are worth my time, you are worth my sacrifice because I had to go do something in order for you to get this. Amen? See, and, and, and we look at it in that context, but Jesus Christ did something even more. What Jesus Christ did, the Bible said, that he clothed himself in flesh. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? Yeah. Amen? Amen? So can you imagine this? You know, the Bible says, the Bible said this in, in Genesis. It said that Adam walked with God. Can you imagine having that kind of relationship with God the Father? God, the Bible said that in the cool of the eve, Adam and God, his father was, would walk in fellowship and talk. Because Adam's spirit or his soul was not tainted. It didn't have any sin. So God could walk up to him like I can walk up to Brother Lynn and just have a conversation. But something happened in the midst is that Adam lost his identity because his identity was a child of God. His identity was he was the son of God. But as soon as he allowed his identity to, to, to decrease, by partaking of something that God said don't do. Then God, being God, already had a plan. And his plan was that I want to make sure that I get all my children back to me. Amen? Amen? So the word, the word was with God. Amen? And can you imagine his son, Jesus, or his son sitting there and saying, I, I, I guess I'll go do this. But remember earlier when I was talking about our tithes and our offering, he didn't say, well, I guess I'll go do it, Father. They just can't do it. They just continue to sin. No, he rose up 
And he says, I'll go take care of it. So God already had a gift for us in place because he knew that his son, Adam, was going to be disobedient. But the gift that God was going to give us, this gift would have to experience everything that we have to experience and yet without sin. The hard part sometimes people ask, they said, but I wonder how did he get through it without sin? Because every time he was tempted, the Bible said the angel came and strengthened him. Amen? So what does that teach us? That teaches us in our own lives when we are tempted by something that we should be able to get on our knees and ask God for help. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Isn't that what the word says? The Holy Spirit is our helper. And if the Holy Spirit is our helper, then we need to be able to learn how to get up on our knees and ask God for help in those trying circumstances in our lives. The Bible said this, it said that he was tempted in every way, yet without sin. And I think about it in this context is that all the temptations of man Jesus Christ experienced. Jesus Christ experienced them. The Bible said, Bible said that when he was going to the cross, he didn't say a mumbling word. I, I, I thought about that in that context is because if I take it back to Job, the Bible says in the, in the book of Job in the first chapter is that when Job was going through everything and his wife told him to curse God and die, Job, the Bible said that Job did not open his lips to sin against God. That teaches me that, that Jesus Christ, when he was going to the cross, the Bible said that he did not say a mumbling word. If he would have said a mumbling word, then he would have sinned. Can I raise my hand? Because I know Greg. If I would have been going through what Jesus Christ was going through, I would have been complaining, mumbling, why me? Why I got to do this? Uh, there you go, huffing and puffing and everything else. You see? Hemming and hawing, like, like Lord, what I got to do? Look at him. He over there, he... he why do I have to die for them? But the Bible said that something happened that the Spirit of God came upon Mary and said, Mary, you're going to conceive a son and you shall call him Emmanuel. God is among us. 
And Mary, can you imagine this 13 or 12-year-old young girl saying to herself, be that as you say. Be that as you say. And then the Bible said that she pondered it in her heart. Talking about gifts now. Through Mary, God was going to use her as an instrument to bring forth the gift unto the world. Amen? Smith Wigglesworth made a statement here. I'm going to share it with you. He says it like this. God wants us so badly that he has made the condition as simple as he possibly could. You ready for it? Believe. As simply as he possibly could believe. The Gospel of John in the 6th chapter in the 29th verse, it said this is the work of God. Just believe. The hardest thing for us sometimes is to be like Mary and say, be is it as you say. She didn't say, well, I'm 12 or 13 and well, I don't know, my parents. And she just said, okay, Lord. And pondered it in her heart. She was already given to marriage to a young man named Joseph. The Bible said this is that is that the angel had to go to Joseph and said, Don't worry about what the baby that, it, that she's conceived because it is of the Lord. So immediately, immediately God had to do something to the man. He had to get the man from thinking. That's our part. That's the hard part that we have in our own lives is that when God is doing something, we start thinking. Like, how can this be? The Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whom shall ever believe shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I didn't come into the world to condemn the world but to save it. See, and, and this is the part right here is that we have to get the understanding is that God didn't send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you. Amen? See, see if, if we understand, if we understand the the, the true essence of what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus right here. 
In the, in, the, in the very first part, Nicodemus, the Bible said that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, hey, you know, I'm just kind of paraphrasing it, but how can a man return into his mother's womb and be saved? And Jesus is explaining to him now. And he's talking about the wind, talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about, and he's explaining to Nicodemus that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whom shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So what was the thing that God did first? He loved. Amen? Amen. See, this is the part that we have to understand in giving. See, love is free. Mm. See, we have distorted love in so many different ways because in relationships that we have with different people, different people has distorted or hurt our love. Amen? So when we look at love in the, in the, natural, in the natural way, we're looking at it that so-and-so hurt me because I loved them. They left me when they told me that they loved me. So we look at love in such a way now that we just openly say it without meaning it. When, when God said and when Jesus Christ is making this declaration to Nicodemus, he is saying, God so loved the world. What is he telling us? He is telling us right now that, that our art of giving, our gift to mankind, or our gift to other people should be our love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It didn't put a condition on it. He just said love. He says, if you are able to give this gift to somebody else unconditionally, the gift of love, you say to yourself, and, but when they married me and he cheated on me, and he told me that he loved me. And he left me for a younger woman or a younger man. What is love? Lord, I don't know how to love. Lord, I don't know how to give my love. And this is why the Bible said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Because if you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, you already know the Bible says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You see, to understand love, we have to understand God. 
God, the Bible said that God is what? Love. Love in the 13th chapter, 1 John, I mean, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the Bible says that love holds no record of wrongs. Amen? Love endures. What are you saying this morning, Pastor, is that, is that when, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, and God so loved you in your sin, When God so loved you when you thought you turned your back on him. When God so loved you when you were in your own selfishness. When God so loved you when you were in the corner and you thought that you were all alone. The Bible said when God so loved the world The next part of this or the next point of this is that the Bible says that he gave. Amen? Amen. Like I said this morning is, is if we didn't have the weather like it is, we would have everyone here. But I want to talk about the part of giving. There's a story I want to share. I've shared it before, but the story has such an impact when I first read it. The story is about Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln was a young man in 1855, I would believe it was, and, 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 and he was in a law firm and he, was, he had a client and, and, and the client also was represented by a young man named Edward W. Stanton. And Edward Stanton ended up taking the client away from Abraham Lincoln. And years later, this man named Edward Stanton could not stand Abraham Lincoln for whatever reason it may have been. He became secretary no, he became the Attorney General of the United States of America, Edward Stanton. Abraham Lincoln, as we all know, was the 16th President of the United States, and Abraham Lincoln was elected president, and that meant that Edward Stanton would lose his position. So he hated Abraham Lincoln even more. And it was a known fact around Washington during this time that Abraham Lincoln was going to be president, but Stanton was going around to everyone that he knew and was telling everyone that Abraham Lincoln was not a good person. He was telling people that Abraham Lincoln looked like a giraffe and act like a gorilla. He was trying to influence the minds of people. The Civil War came and it had broke out. 
Abraham Lincoln was a man of honor, a man of integrity. And Abraham Lincoln knew that this man named Edward Stanton had a particular trait about him that he needed in order to help win the Civil War. So Lincoln called Stanton in and he said, I'm going to appoint you as Secretary of the War Department. Everyone in, in Washington was astonished. They was like, for real? Stanton was thrown back because he didn't know what to say. But Lincoln allowed him to use his tact, his anger, his rage in order to help him win the Civil War. And over a period of time, they became good friends. Abraham Lincoln was shot. Stanton was there. And as they laid Abraham Lincoln's body down, Stanton was the one who came and took the sheet and put it over Lincoln's body and said, now he belongs to the ages. The story is about a man that someone openly did him wrong. But the power of forgiveness is the redemption story of Jesus Christ. Abraham Lincoln was able to redeem Edward Stanton and show his Christian love at work. God so loved the world that he gave he gave Jesus Christ, his son, to us to redeem us from a wrong that we had did already. Amen? I'm talking about a gift. Amen? The word redeemed means to compensate for faults or bad aspects of something, to save or, cons or, cons or compensate for the defect of or rescue or justify or to vindicate or to have something returned. Amen? When Jesus Christ, when he came into the world, one of his main purposes was to redeem us, to bring us back into right standing. Forgiveness allows us redemption and allows you to free yourself from others. Amen? See, forgiveness is, is a gift that when you give a person forgiveness and you forgive them with your heart, And you forgive them with your love. Amen? 
See, forgiveness is, is, is something that, that I can say, uh, uh, hey, Willie, I forgive you for taking my wife, but I'll never forget. That ain't forgiving, right? Because your next statement was you won't forget. But the Bible teaches us that God said that he will not remember your sins no more. Amen? That he'll cast them into the sea of what? Forgetfulness. That's why repentance is so important. That's why when we repent, we get on our knees and we ask God to forgive me of my sins. And when I get up, he don't remember them no more. But see, the thing about man is that we don't forget. See, remember I talked about Adam in the beginning? Let me watch this. I brought Adam up because I want to show you God's redemption power. I want to show you how Jesus Christ, why Jesus Christ was so important, that God so loved the world that he gave. Adam sinned, the Bible said. And then he was separated from God, the Bible said. Cain killed Abel, the Bible said, and his blood cried out unto the Lord, and God said, why is this blood crying out to me? This innocent blood. But it was a shadow of Jesus Christ. It was a shadow of his blood on Calvary. That the innocence of his blood shall redeem us. But then the Bible said this, is that when Adam's family tree is mentioned, it has no mention of Cain and Abel. It says Seth. And Seth is the new beginning. Seth is the starting of the covenant, the new beginning. God took Adam and he went one, two, one. Say that again. He took one, two, one. Took him right back to the beginning. Took him right back to the start. And he said, okay, now start all over again. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Forgiveness. God forgave us. I don't want you going into 2023 thinking that you have to hold on to something because you don't think that God has forgiven you. God has started you all over again. In the beginning, we said the only thing you have to do is believe it. If you believe that God is who he say he is, then believe that your sins I remember no more. Because God loved us. And he gave 
his best to us. And the redemption story started with Adam. The redemption story started when Adam sinned. He said, I already got, let's go, let's kind of push it a, a few chapters and let's go into Abraham. When Abraham took Isaac up onto the altar and he was about to sacrifice himself and God just wanted to know, was he going to sacrifice what I gave him? Knowing that there's nothing impossible with God. And the Bible says that as Abraham took the flint and he was about to sacrifice his son, his one and only son, that the angel said, stop. I see, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but I see you don't put him before God. And then the Bible said that there was a ram in the bush or in the thicket. Jesus Christ is our ram in the thicket. Is our ram in the bush. Sometimes what God wants us to do is realize what are we going to give up in order for the ram in the bush to be full effect in our lives. God so loved the world. Amen? The next part of that part is the perception. I want to tell you a story. If you haven't read this book, it's called Divine Revelation from Hell by Mary Baxter. And in this book, there's an excerpt I want to talk about, perception. Because we're talking about forgiveness part right now. In it, this woman, she had wealth. She had power. She was mean. Her husband left her for his secretary. She was so tied up in bitterness and anger and rage. She just wanted to kill him for what he had done to her. So this one particular day, she is driving down the street and she see her ex-husband and his new wife. And she just hit the gas as hard as she could. Mad, raged. And she just slammed into him. Killed all three of them. So now she is in the pit. She's in Hades. And the Bible's, and not the Bible, but the, the book said that, that, that Mary Baxter and, and, and Jesus was walking through the Bible in the spirit. And, and she was out there crying out. And she said, Lord, save me. And and, and he said, Jesus looked at her and said, it is written. It's finished. And she got mad at Jesus. And Mary asked, what happened? And he said, she was so full of rage 
and she couldn't forgive her ex-husband, that she took her car and ran into him and killed everybody, all three of them. And now this is her punishment. Judgment has been set. Unforgiveness. That's the moral of this part of the story is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a cancer. Unforgiveness will allow you to do something that is irrational. That's why when the Bible said that Jesus Christ came and God said that he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave for the redemption so we can be forgiven of all our trespasses and all our iniquities and all our sins in Christ Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen? The last part of this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whom shall ever believe in him shall not perish. Amen? Amen. See, there, there, there's something about not perishing. Let, let's, let's go to Psalms 23, verse 5, and it says like this. I've acknowledged my sin to you. I want, you, I want us to really understand that. See, David is writing because this is after he had been with Bathsheba. Amen? He saw Bathsheba up on the, up on the roof, and he looked down and said, she's fine, and I want her. And he sent the servant over to get her, and he laid with her that night. She conceived, had a child. Her husband was out in the, her husband was out in the battlefield fighting. David brought him back in wanted him to go into his own house to lay with his wife, but then the man was, had so much integrity, he wouldn't do it. He laid on the porch because he said, I cannot do it and my men are out in the battlefield fighting. This man had more integrity than the king. David did everything he possibly could in order for him to get to this guilt or responsibility of his back. So he sent a note with the riot. He said, and you give this note to the commander when you get there. And the note said, put him on the front line. And he put a riot on the front line and he ended up losing his life. Bathsheba ended up having the baby. But Nathan, the, the prophet, came and told him a, a story about a ewe lamb. Just kind of paraphrasing a little bit. But he said, he said this for, for, for time. He said there was, a, there was a rich man who was coming and a man, all he had was a ewe lamb. And, the, and this ewe lamb was, was like family unto him. It ate off his table and, 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 it, and it comforted his children. But the rich man didn't take anything from his flock. He went to the poor man and got the ewe lamb. And he made his dinner off the ewe lamb. And the Bible said that David was so 
angry. He said, that man's got to die in pain back. And the, and the prophet said, it's you. It's you, David. And David wept because he realized what he had done with Bathsheba and Uriah. Kind of fast forward, the Bible said that, that David was weeping. He was weeping and he was, he was down on the ground weeping and, 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 and praying for, the, for, the, for, this, for, for this baby. But the baby died. In Jewish custom, it, it's, they grieve afterwards, but David was grieving while the child was living. And his men didn't understand what, what's wrong with the king. But then they came into the room, and when they came into the room, David perceived and he looked up and he said, is the child dead? And they said, yes. And then the Bible said that David got up and washed himself and put on clean clothes and went about his business. So this song right here, the 32nd song, in the fifth verse, reads like this. Now this is David. I've acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you what? Gave. Say that again with me. Gave. You forgave me or you forgave the iniquity of my sin. What is that teaching us? That is teaching us that when we go before God, the Bible is true. He says, I have thrown your sin into the sea of forgetfulness and I shall remember it no more. We must learn how to forgive ourselves. First. Amen? I'm going to end with this point. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. See, Jesus Christ came for a reason. And that was that we would have the same fellowship with God the Father as Adam did. The Bible says that God is a what? Spirit. Right? Right? We can only worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. Right? Isn't that what the word says? So, so if I can, if, if I have to worship God in spirit and in truth, he's not worried about this flesh. That's the last thing on his mind is this flesh. The Bible says that flesh and blood shall what? Perish. 
but my word shall what? Endure forever. Right? And the word became flesh. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, so our love for God will never go away. Eternal life is yours. The Jesus Christ said, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, that he said, now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Remember what I said about Smith Wigglesworth? He said he made it so simple. All you got to do is do what? Believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ was sent for the redemption of my sins. I believe that today is the day of salvation. I believe that Jesus Christ was was, was born through Mary. I believe that she was a virgin. I believe that he was in the manger. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose on the third day. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I believe that I love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I believe that love holds no record of wrong. I believe that God is love. I believe that he didn't come into the world to condemn me, but to save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the gift from God. I believe. I believe that there's no other God but the Lord thy God. I believe that, 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 that when, when Adam fell, I believe that it grieved God because he saw me. He saw me and all my faults. I believe that Jesus Christ showed us how to walk upright before God. I believe that I'm like David I'm full of faults. I'm full of sin. I believe that all I have to do is like David, I've acknowledged my sin before you. I don't have to run around telling everybody, oh, you know, I sinned like this yesterday. And I sinned like this yesterday, the day before. And I was driving down uh, 28th Street and somebody cut in front of me, and I just wanted to run them over. I don't have to tell you that. All I have to do is acknowledge my sin before God. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life.
So what did God do? He loved. He gave. And he forgave. I'm going to say that again. God loved. He gave. And he forgave. Say that one more time. God loved. He gave. And he forgave. That is the story of giving, of a gift. If we can learn as followers of Christ Jesus that the Bible said that he came and he put on the filthiest thing possible, flesh. Flesh. I read this in, in National Geographic. It said this. That when a tiger tastes flesh, he has a hunger for it. So that's why they call them man-eating tigers. Because he has tasted flesh. I'm going to take it even a step farther. What he has tasted was death. Mm. Because flesh is going to perish. All the sin is in the flesh. So when the tiger, when the tiger tastes flesh, he loses his senses of what he is supposed to be attacking. And so now the only thing he wants is flesh. The flesh of man is the thing that will satisfy him. That's deep, ain't it? See, God loved us so much that if you want to put this in a metaphor sense, is that the devil is attacking our flesh. It is your flesh that he can attack. He cannot attack your life. It's your flesh. <laughs> 